Hello, you're listening to the Dose of Joy podcast, and I'm your host, Joy Huber. Thanks so much for being here. I uploaded this episode a little early because today is not a fun day for me. Not every day in life can be great, right? As you listen, I am munching on chicken broth and lemon jello. It's prep day for my first colonoscopy tomorrow, and my instructions stipulate nothing red, blue, or purple colored. I will share with you more about this experience in a couple episodes, probably the mid-November show. But let's put the focus on you. Did you notice in the art for my podcast, there's no picture of me? That's because this podcast is not about me, but rather helping you. To do that, I share some of my personal story and experiences so you can benefit from what I learned, like my do's and don'ts at diagnosis. I devoted a whole chapter in my Cancer with Joy book to these critical do's and don'ts. In chapter four, I said I'd share a dozen and shared 13, since I'm always striving to give extra as a bonus. Today, let's cover a handful or five more of those do's and don'ts in our time together with more to come in the future. I have already covered the first one in a previous episode, which is do get a second opinion. Remember I gave you the link to the U.S. News ranking of the best hospitals for cancer? But let's get real today with the do highlighted on page 63 of my book. Do get mad, sad, bitter, depressed. Like I've said before, no one, and I mean no one, is happy they have cancer. But I discovered you can have cancer and still be happy. That's what I hope to help you with, more happiness in life, as I share helpful, specific resources, connect you with support, or offer it to you myself. Stay tuned for that announcement today as my treat for you since it's Halloween, and encourage you since courage is the opposite of fear and what you're seeking. But as I wrote on page 63, You've got to give yourself permission and grace to feel the emotions you are naturally feeling. Don't try to suppress or fight them off. I believe you need to experience what you are feeling. I have sobbed being grateful for big boxes of Kleenex to wipe my eyes and blow my nose. Let it out. I have said several times at Cancer With Joy, we realize no one is happy they have cancer. I was hardly pleased to get my diagnosis. I know that while reading or listening to this, you may be thinking, what? Isn't this book about helping me handle cancer with joy? Yes, it is, and that is why I propose you consider setting a time frame, and as you start accepting your diagnosis, that you don't stay mad, sad, bitter, and or depressed. Realize that you have tremendous power as you can choose to look for the bright side effects. 
When the hair on my head fell out in the hair loss shower, guess what? It also didn't grow back on my legs or under my arms. I shaved and then had perpetually smooth, soft, even silky and very sexy legs, and that was definitely a bright side effect. I chose to laugh at the fact that it was now easier than it had ever been for me to change my look. On a chilly day, I could pull on my shoulder-length hair wig, but on a hot day, where I would have had my normal hair up off my neck, I could wear a short wig or just a hat. I chose to make hair loss fun instead of only crying over it. Hair loss isn't fun. I had to make it fun. And here's where I want to share with you what I wrote on page 11 of my Cancer with Joy book. In his book, The Success Principles, author Jack Canfield writes, E plus R equals O. E is the event, R is your response, and O is the outcome. So the event plus your response equals the outcome. He later states you can instead simply change your responses, R, to the events, E, the way things are, until you get the outcomes, O, you want. This is why people can experience the same event but produce different results. Their individual response to that event is what makes all the difference. Canfield also says you only have control over three things in your life, the thoughts you think, the images you visualize, and the actions you take, your behavior. I knew of this formula, fortunately, long before my cancer diagnosis and have made a conscious effort to apply these principles to my life both professionally and personally. To me, it is so significant that E does not equal O. This event does not automatically dictate this outcome. You get to factor in your response, or shall I say, how you choose to respond, and that is what ultimately dictates the outcome. Being diagnosed with cancer, certainly a big event, does not mean the outcome is automatically pick one or all, you are angry, bitter, depressed, and or sad. You can and will control, as Canfield says, the thoughts you think and the actions you take. I'll share a link to the success principles on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page in case you want to grab a copy. You've also likely seen the quote, being negative only makes a difficult journey more difficult. You may have been given a cactus, but you don't have to sit on it. That's why I say, do get mad and or sad, but try not to stay stuck there for too long. You don't want life to be passing you by as we all only have a limited amount of time. Now my second do, or don't in this case. This excerpt comes from page 64 of my book, Don't Panic. Okay, I know personally, this is easier said than done. Try not to panic. Be comforted with this fact. 
Cancer is certainly not always the quick death sentence it used to be. I am speaking from being diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, too. I have said before, there is not a stage 5. I remember when I found out my diagnosis and we were learning exactly what stage it was, meaning where all the cancer was and exactly what type of lymphoma I had. Hodgkin's, non-Hodgkin's, more specifically what subtype. I had follicular. I tried to reassure myself by the fact that I felt fine, and surely it couldn't be further than stage one or stage two at the highest. When we found out it was in the bone marrow and the kidneys, major organ involvement, I felt some panic. I reminded myself, though, of all that can be done these days. The panic tidal wave washing over me subsided. My paternal grandfather was diagnosed with lung cancer around Christmas in 1986, and he passed by the next June. Of course, we are all going to die one day. Not a pleasant thought, but if you live, you will someday pass on. A cancer diagnosis merely forces us to face our eventual mortality, often unexpectedly. It is not comfortable, but I was comforted greatly as I educated myself about all that can be done with a cancer diagnosis and for treatment these days. And we've also already talked about in a previous episode, what is it that makes us so uncomfortable with the thought of dying? What I found when I reflected on my own fear was that my panic was rooted in the feeling that I hadn't really lived yet. It was painful but productive to pinpoint the real root of my fear so I could get busy living and ignore those who say, why don't you wait when I propose a trip? I'm not sure what I'm waiting for. I have gotten much better at seizing the moment and doing things as soon as possible while I have good health. In that, I'm actually grateful for the refreshing perspective my cancer diagnosis gave me about life, the reminder that it's fleeting. My third tip I want to highlight for your benefit today, we've covered don't panic, try not to panic, and do feel the emotions you're feeling, whether that's getting mad, sad, or whatever. Just try not to stay stuck there day in and day out is do designate your primary caregiver's team. This can be a lot for just one person, like your spouse, so that's why I say it that way. You may need to designate caregivers or several people. Remember last week, I shared that great resource, Lots of Helping Hands, that can be found at lotsahelpinghands.com. This can be a great help in organizing support as needs can be posted and your support circle of family and friends can sign up for what they can help with. If you're saying, what family and friends, because maybe you live away from most of them, I want to highlight another wonderful resource here you may not know of. The American Cancer Society Road to Recovery Program. I'll share this link this week on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page and also share with you here what it says on that page as it looks today. 
Every day, thousands of cancer patients need a ride to treatment, but some may not have a way to get there. The American Cancer Society Road to Recovery Program provides transportation to and from treatment for people with cancer who do not have a ride or are unable to drive themselves. How does the program work? Depending on your individual needs and what's available in your area, we may be able to coordinate a ride with an American Cancer Society volunteer driver. Am I eligible? Patients must be traveling to a cancer-related medical appointment. Other eligibility requirements may apply. For example, a caregiver may need to accompany a patient who cannot walk without help or is under age 18. Contact us to find out what is available in your area and what the specific requirements are. It can take several business days to coordinate your ride, so please call us at 1-800-227-2345 well in advance of your appointment date. And I'm going to repeat that phone number. That's 1-800-227-2345. That might be a resource that can help if your caregivers are not available or don't live close by. Now another do. We're on the fourth tip, if you've lost track. Do decide how you'll keep the masses informed. As lots of helping hands looks today, it looks like you can share announcements there, add photos in the photo gallery, and receive well wishes. But I personally used CaringBridge to keep others informed. Here's some information that goes with this do from pages 68 and 69 of my Cancer with Joy book. As I updated Facebook and sent mass text messages to friends to let them know what was going on, all the comments and questions on Facebook and voicemail messages on my cell suddenly felt very overwhelming to deal with. I was very touched to know so many people cared and understood their curiosity and questions, but it took so long to share the exact same information one person at a time. I made phone calls and annoyed myself, repeating the same thing I had just told someone, except I was now speaking to someone different. Another thing I love about CaringBridge is that you can set levels of security on your site. After all, you are blogging about personal things and sharing your private health information. You have the option of low to high privacy settings. I had all visitors to my site log in. This allows me to create some amazing reports of who has visited my site. Some people never signed my guestbook, but thanks to the privacy settings I could control, I know they were there reading. This site is caringbridge.org, and here's what it says on the site as it reads today on their About page. Our vision and mission. 
From the launch of the very first CaringBridge site, we've been working toward a single vision, a world where no one goes through a health journey alone. In order to turn this vision into reality, we've made it our mission to build bridges of care and communication, providing love and support on a health journey. I still use the site today, and that reminds me, I should share an annual update on my health after seeing my oncologist for my annual checkup last month. I had a nice hardcover book made with my CaringBridge posts, the first year of my treatment, pictures I shared, and comments from my support community, which is a nice keepsake I still enjoy looking through. Now my fifth and final do for today as another episode has flown by, and I have one more important resource to share with you before the end of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. From page 71 of my Cancer with Joy book, my fifth tip is do control what you can. This idea gave me great comfort because I knew some things would be out of my control. I decided right away to try not to worry about things that were out of my control. After all, I could make myself physically sick worrying about things that I could do nothing about. Why bother doing that? When I began worrying about things, I would immediately ask myself, is it within my control? If the answer was yes, I thought what I could do about it instead of what I could not do. If the answer was no... I tried to focus my time and precious energy on things I could control. Let me give you an example. Because I had shoulder-length hair, hair loss was one of the first things I heard and wondered about, especially as a woman. I am not suggesting at all that hair loss is easy if you are a man, but I have told you before, my hair loss was the most emotionally painful moment for me. I decided at diagnosis I would maintain control over what I could, and I was always pretty sure if my hair started coming out, I would control that by shaving my head. I would control how it came out and exactly when I went bald. Now that I think about it, that may have been why I cried so hard during the hair loss shower. It was because I was not in control. It felt like it was happening too. To me, deciding I would shave my head gave me a sense of peace in that it would happen on my terms. Making the choice to look on the bright side, I focused on what I would save on not needing haircuts approximately every six weeks, shampoo and conditioner and styling products, not to mention all the time it took to wash my hair, I have always enjoyed long showers, blow dry it, and style it. We still need to talk about hair loss, so stay tuned for that next month in a November episode. But I promised one additional thing before we run out of time today, and this is a big value that can really help those facing breast cancer. The Pink Fund. Here's some information about the Pink Fund as their website looks today. I'll share this on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page, too. The Pink Fund provides 90-day non-medical cost-of-living expenses on behalf of breast cancer patients in active treatment so they can focus on healing, raising their families, and returning to the workplace. 
Wow, what an incredible resource for help this is. They define active treatment on the site so you'll know if you qualify for this. Look for this specific link on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page this week. Finally, the Halloween treat, as I promised. I'm hearing from more listeners who want to know how they can support the show after all the help and hope they're receiving from it. I put up my Patreon account so you can show your support, and I'll share the link to this on Facebook, but it's patreon.com, and that's P-A-T-R-E. O-N dot com forward slash dose of joy. There's five options for you to choose from, so you can support the show however you like. And some options even include speaking to me one-on-one, so you can share your story and unique needs, and I can customize help just for you. I'm so excited about the opportunity to get to speak with some listeners. I do have a limited amount of time, though, so limited spots are available there to speak with me. And now it's time to wrap up another episode of Dose of Joy. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, the best way to help is by leaving a five-star review wherever you're listening in. Wishing you a joyful life. I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna cry. The world is waiting.